Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 42 degrees, 509 here in Northeast Pennsylvania. WILK 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM. Maybe I used the wrong word when I said homegrown thugs. Uh, We were talking about, uh, you know, a lot of people are trying to bring up and bringing illegal migration into this. Um, From the information I have, the names that I have, the photos I have, uh, that I've been privy to, uh, the m- homegrown's probably a bad word. They're from this area, uh, where they originally came from, and and I've said it here to my colleagues, and I've said it earlier. Where they've come from before they lived here is is something else. But they they all appear to be from this country. Let's let's put it at that. Um, yeah, there's no doubt. There's a lot of people in this area that comes from Philadelphia, come from New York, come from other areas, Newark. Um, to this area. But uh, one of the questions I got was bringing up the MS-13 gang, uh, which is primarily a Hispanic game, an El Salvadorian gang. Uh, it does not appear that this was part of that. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm going from information that I'm privy to that's not public, so I'm not going to relay it to the public. But they, they are from here. They do live in our communities here. Uh, they are Americans from all information that I have. Could that change? Absolutely, it could change. Uh, a lot of things are preliminary. It's an active investigation, which is why the powers that be who are leading this investigation are only acknowledging one suspect in custody, the one that's in critical condition in uh, Geisinger CMC Hospital. So that, we'll leave it at that. Maybe my homegrown is not a, a very good word there. By homegrown, I mean American, uh, because people keep trying to conflate this with the illegal migration, which is a problem, but it's a problem separate of this problem. This is a problem, and, and I was just talking in the hallway to a colleague and, and saying, you know, it's quite simple. You have uh, officer officers of the Scranton Police Department out there knowing there's gunfire in the area, looking for these individuals, getting out of the vehicles, confronting that type of threat, that type of violence, all for the residents of Scranton. And I, I think that you really need to, to let that soak in. Let that soak in. And I got a text message, uh, Joe from Trips Park, who texts in and calls in quite often. Uh, As a West Side resident, I'm concerned for my family's safety, but seeing our local law enforcement put everything, everything is capitalized, they have into this situation puts me at ease. They've been in our neighborhood the entire day patrolling and keeping us safe. Absolutely tremendous job. It's what they do. Not just in Scranton, but every town, in every city, in every county, in every state across America. They do these same things. So just try and put yourself in the position. There were two prior shootings in Scranton. The 400 block of Harrison Avenue and the 300 block of Prospect Avenue. uh, About around 4 o'clock that morning. They're saying there were prior shootings in the weeks prior to this that they believe are connected to this. These officers were in that area looking for that threat, looking to confront that threat, to put them, the officers themselves, between the threat and you, the residents there, that they were shooting at. They were shooting at homes and vehicles. Those are heroes. We live amongst them. And one's in the hospital right now. Hopefully, 
on the way to a full recovery. Um, we're also going to play that press conference again in a little towards the end of the show, just so so you have the updated information uh, from one o'clock. There was really no great information. Uh, I I think a lot of the media they they had camera crews there, but there were really no reporters there to ask in-depth questions. So it was kind of cut short. It was a because it was so late. It was at one o'clock. Uh, I had to get up here to the studio to uh, actually start my show prep, which is usually done in the morning because I was on scene most of the morning. But there's some other news uh, we're going to get to, and then I have another guest coming on in a little bit. But um, two big announcements in the past 24 hours was uh, NFL coach Bill Belichick is leaving the New England Patriots after 24 seasons, six Super Bowl titles. And uh, Nick Saban, the uh, coach of Alabama, is retiring. Jake, what are, what do we got here? There's there's a bunch of coaching openings, but well, the, these yeah. are the two goats that pretty much are the gold standard of coaching for both college and NFL. Yeah, um, saying yeah. that's it. Yeah, Rob, this is definitely a gold standard. I mean, and really three legendary head coaches when you think of it. Yesterday, before your show began, the Seattle Seahawks announced that Pete Carroll would no longer be their head coach, but they would be keeping him in an advisory role. Now, when you look at these three. Pete Carroll and Nick Saban, they're both 72 years old. Bill Belichick is going to be 72 years old on April 16th. With Pete, that definitely surprised me the most because I felt like he still had maybe a year or two left of coaching. To me, it seems like he was forced to step down, almost kind of like Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay two years ago. With Bill Belichick, I think everyone had been expecting this since about October or so. Nick Saban, I remember there were a few rumors floating around a few weeks ago about him possibly retiring, but at that moment, I didn't really buy anything into it. Now, there's 32 teams in the National Football League, Rob, and of those 32 teams, eight head coaching openings. That's 25% of the National Football League. And it's pretty surreal to think that Bill Belichick, 24 seasons, six Super Bowls, Nick Saban, 17 seasons with the Alabama Crimson Tide, six national championships, and seven if you want to count the national championship with LSU. What astounds me is I read earlier today Nick Saban, 28 seasons as a head coach in the college college football ranks, seven championships, 25%. Bill Belichick, 24 seasons with the New England Patriots, six Super Bowls. That's 25%. That is an absolutely astounding average when it comes to championships. Now, as far as who replaces them, my gut feeling is when it comes to the New England Patriots, like I've told you, like I've told Kelly, like I've told um, several friends of mine, I'll be shocked if Mike Vrabel is not the head coach of the New England Patriots by the end of the weekend. Just you know, he played for Bill Belichick from 2001 to 2008. The Tennessee Titans were absolute morons to fire Mike Vrabel. There's no other way around it. And one of the rumors I was hearing is the Tennessee Titans that Amy Adams Strunk, the owner, she got upset when it was week seven, their bye week back in October, and Mike Vrabel went into the New England Patriots Hall of Fame and gave a speech at halftime as they were honoring him. Apparently, that's what she got upset about. So as much as I would love, and I mean love, to have Mike Vrabel as head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Bill Cowher drafted him in 1997. 
He even said a few years ago, Mike Vrabel's a younger version of myself. Ultimately, I think that he's going to be the next head coach of the New England Patriots. Now, as far as Bill Belichick is concerned, so here are the eight head coaching openings that we have in the National Football League in the AFC, the New England Patriots, and the Tennessee Titans, obviously. The Las Vegas Raiders, it's, it's an absolute joke to think that there is an opening because Antonio Pierce should be the permanent head coach. The Los Angeles Chargers, that's another team that's been heavily linked to Bill Belichick, but ultimately I think that job is going to go to Jim Harbaugh. And then in the NFC, we have the Washington Commanders just down the road from Annapolis, obviously just down the road from where Bill Belichick grew up. The Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank has not been afraid to go after the big names. He tried to lure Joe Gibbs out of retirement before his second stint with the Redskins. He tried to get Bill Parcells before he went to the Dallas Cowboys. You have the Carolina Panthers, which is a true rebuilding project in itself. And then, of course, there's the Seattle Seahawks. Ultimately, I feel like the top three, as we were talking about earlier, I feel like the top three potential landing spots for Bill Belichick, the Chargers, the Commanders, or the Falcons, I feel like with the Seattle Seahawks, I think Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, I feel like Dan, because he was the defensive coordinator in Seattle when they won their Super Bowl back in 2013, ultimately, I feel like that's going to be Pete Carroll's successor up in Seattle. So at the moment, like I've been saying, I have a feeling that Jim Harbaugh is going to go back to the NFL. I mean, talk about a storybook ending, winning a championship for your alma mater, 15-0 on the season. I know that there are all the scandals, but still, that's, that's like a storybook ending, like I was saying. Ultimately, I feel like Bill Belichick's services, it's going to come down to either the Washington Commanders or the Atlanta Falcons. As far as the Alabama Crimson Tide is concerned, some of the names that I've heard, prominent names that I've heard, that could, I mean, you can't replace Nick Saban. You can't replace Bill Belichick. But the top five names I've heard for the Alabama Crimson Tide possibly, Dabo Sweeney from the Clemson Tigers, Dan Lanning, the head coach from Oregon, and then two guys that obviously worked under Nick Saban in Alabama, Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin. Obviously, Steve is in Texas. Lane Kiffin, he, he's at Ole Miss. And here's a wild name for you. Now, I did, I did a podcast with one of my great friends, Josh Manley, avid listener of this station. Josh said, I think it was about maybe two years ago, he said, I would not be surprised if the guy that replaces Nick Saban in Alabama one day is Deion Sanders. And I, and I know that Deion, I know that he went from Jackson State to Colorado, and there was all that hype and all that buzz before everything came crashing down and they finished 4-8. and eight. I mean, never say never. Stranger things have happened. But I've, what I've heard and what I've read at the moment, Dan Lanning is possibly the favorite to leave Oregon and go to Alabama. I know they want to get something done over the next 72 hours. I'm thinking it might, maybe it might be one of Saban's old guys, one of his old assistants, maybe Steve Sarkeesian or Lane Kiffin. But ultimately, I feel like it's between those three, Dan Lanning, Steve Sarkeesian, and Lane Kiffin. I heard Franklin's name today. I don't know how serious I, it was. Yeah, but I don't, uh, think, I don't think that's going to happen. 
I think well, it's a different style of football. I just yeah. don't see his him fit in there. No, me neither. Well, I could think of another coach in Pennsylvania that could be the head stop, coach. Stop, stop. That's yeah. wishful thinking. I just saw <laughs> yeah, the, I the New York Post just posted <laughs> that the Giants won't pursue Bill Belichick. The yeah, and, and the amazing – and when you think of the New York Giants, Rob, that's where everyone started to, to take notice of Bill Belichick was when he was with the New York Giants. He was a linebacker's coach. Then he became the defensive coordinator under Bill Parcells. And you look at those two Super Bowls. You look at Lawrence Taylor, Harry Carson. You look at that defense that they had, those two Super Bowls that propelled him to his first head coaching job with the Cleveland Browns in 1991. The one thing that keeps Bill Belichick going, because a lot of people are saying, I mean, he's going to be 72. He's won six Super Bowls, eight, obviously, if you count his time with the Giants. And Bill still has a, an incredible relationship with the Giants all these years later. The one thing that keeps him going, I believe he's only 14 or 15 wins away from breaking Don Shula as far as the all-time winningest coach in NFL history. That is what keeps Bill Belichick going. So it's going to be interesting to see, but as of right now, I'm saying either the Washington Commanders, or the Atlanta Falcons. All right. Well, that's that. I'd, I still like to see him go to Navy, but, yeah. you know, that's where he started. That's where he was a childhood. His, father, his, father, his dad was Steve. the coach there. And he was a scout, too. Longtime scout for the Navy. Yeah. So uh, I would like to see him go back there because it's it would be a semi-retirement. It would be Full something circle. that would be fun for him, and uh, I think it would be a place he would love to be. Um, but we'll see. Jake, I appreciate your insight. It always you, a little Rob. change of direction and all this. Uh, yeah, and, and, one, and one last thing before, before we go and do traffic here, I just want to say, obviously, my heart, my thoughts and prayers are with that cop and with his family. And I just want to say something else, Rob. You know, we've been working together almost a year. It'll be a year, January 31st. And obviously, this has been a very tough day, a very emotional day as far as the, the subject itself. But you have done one hell of a job, man. Absolutely one hell of a job. And, I appreciate it. From 7 o'clock this morning, you. add on that from 7 o'clock this morning, exactly. he has been on this. And you said it better, Nikki. And I just am in awe of what you've done today and how you kept everybody else in the loop with everything as well and been there. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. 5.23 here at WILK. Uh, I guess it's time for traffic and weather. All right. Jake, what? Oh. This Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update is brought to you by the Earl Tolerico Agency, North River Street in Plains. We are looking at some slowing 81 northbound in the Scranton area. You're dipping below 40 miles per hour at this point. It is a bit bumper to bumper on North Main Avenue in Scranton. And you might run into some slight delays on Main Street in Avoca. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, clearing skies, lows near freezing. Friday, partly cloudy, temperatures into the low to mid-40s. Brief rain-snow mix starts from 6 to 9 p.m., from turning to all rain into the night. Saturday, rain ends by daybreak, and partial clearing, breezy conditions with temperatures falling from the 40s, to the 30s through the afternoon with a few flurries and chilly west wind. 
Uh, Sunday, mix of clouds and sun, breezy highs in the 20s to near freezing along with a few flurries. It's currently 40 degrees here in northeast Pennsylvania at 524 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 41 degrees and mostly cloudy here at 528. Uh, I'm happy to bring on my next guest, Carrie Sheffield. She's a senior policy analyst for the Independent Women's Voice. Carrie, thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show today. Thanks for having me. Um, so you you posted on Twitter that caught my attention, uh, talking about China and how a lot of countries and corporations have uh, reevaluated their supply chain after the issues post-COVID, uh, which is causing major issues in China's economy. Um, and, and my concern is, with, with everything going on, as they become more desperate with their economy, do they become more aggressive? And, and I wanted to tie that into your story. So tell us a little about what you found with, with the, your story. Yeah, so uh, the impetus of it was that I was on the BBC, and the segment we were discussing is the fact that youth unemployment in China has skyrocketed to the point where China was getting embarrassed. Uh, It was a record 21.3% for youth unemployment. And they got so embarrassed, um, and this is the population of around 16 to 24 um, is the age, they stopped publishing it altogether. They said back in June, oh, you know, we're just going to tuck this away because they didn't want these numbers to keep getting leaked out um, or just released um, because it makes them look bad. And so you're seeing this entire rising generation of Chinese young people who aren't able to get jobs. And so a lot of them are feeling very disaffected and they're doing what they call lying flat, which is just stop trying, basically. Um, And so that's really the sad kind of fruit of when you have the CCP running the Chinese government, um, which is, as as I think as you kind of hinted at, um, resorting now to even more um, just measures to control. Um, And so I don't think you're going to see, unfortunately, the economic turnaround that that they would need, because in order to do that, they would have to start having transparency. They would have to have Uh, more competition. I think also what you're seeing as a result of this is part of why the relationship with Russia is growing more and more cozy, that as the U.S. is divesting, um, that our investments are going more to places like the Philippines, Mexico, uh, Vietnam, um, Canada. We're moving our manufacturing to alternatives outside of China. China is moving to places like Russia. Yeah, and even companies like Apple, who has had been a main staple of the Chinese economy as far as manufacturing goes, are opening up other plants in other areas because of the, the supply chain shortfalls that they felt during COVID. So they're feeling it all around. Yes. No. And, and you know, and it really stems from what happened with COVID, where we were really, we saw how exposed our supply chain was, that, uh, you know, up and down. We were so utterly tied into the Chinese economy, really dependent on it. And we woke up finally and said, I don't like this. Um, And it's something that President Trump had made an issue of in his campaign in 2016. Um, He negotiated trade deals where he, you know, tried to gain more of an upper hand for the U.S. And um, I think recognized accurately the strategic risk that China is posing um, to the United States overall. I, I think 
his response on Hong Kong in 2020, which was really more of a non-response, um, was really indicative of his non-interventionist um, reaction that it's, it's, you know, Hong Kong's not U.S. territory, so he didn't really push back on that much, um, even though China was in flagrant violation of its treaty. And, and Great Britain didn't do anything, and it was their treaty that was being violated. Yeah. So basically the West um, yawned when that happened, um, and it's sad because the people of Hong Kong deserve better. Yeah, and to move that on to current days now, as China gets more desperate with its economy faltering, um, does this become a national security issue for us? Do do they look, I mean, for the economic boom of war in, with, in regards to Taiwan and what they're doing in the South China Sea, uh, you know, does that get stepped up now to help fix their economy? Well, uh, sure. I mean, with Taiwan and Hong Kong, these are free market areas, and they have booming economies. And so, of course, they're going to want to take the engines um, and rev them as much as they can. Ironically, they don't seem to appreciate that the reason why they're successful is because the people are free. And when you have a command and control economy, there is always going to be a ceiling to how high your economy can grow. And that's where the need for freedom, the basic freedoms, economic liberty and civil liberties go hand in hand. And that's something that, unfortunately, back here at home, internally, our own movement toward embracing the same principles of command and control government um, are going to result in economic liberty and uh, catastrophe, similar also to what we see in a lot of the South American regimes that are socialist in nature. Something we definitely have to keep an eye on, especially as China simply becomes more aggressive in the South China Sea when it comes to Taiwan and their threats and stepping up um, their intentions. I mean, they're basically telling us what they want to do. Do we react or do we wait to react is the, the only answer there. You're exactly right. And and watching how we've responded elsewhere around the world and, and the weakness that Joe Biden has been projecting, the weakness in how much the, um, you know, lack of just any coherent plan when we pulled out of Afghanistan, how we surrendered estimated $80 billion of equipment to the Taliban, how we, you know, just incentivized Putin when Putin saw that weakness, that incentivized him to go in and invade Ukraine. And so this overall projection of weakness, the fact that we have the president of Mexico putting these ridiculous demands on the U.S. president is, again, further evidence of the projection of weakness. And so China sees that we have a weak occupant in the White House, and that's part of why they, I believe they are behaving more aggressive in the South China Sea. No doubt. Carrie, if, if my listeners want to follow your work, uh, both what you do and your senior policy analyst work for the Independence Women Voice, uh, how can they follow you? Sure. Thank you. Um, I'm just at Carrie Sheffield. Folks can follow me there on the X Twitter platform and CarrieSheffield.com. I've got a book coming out on March 12th. Would love to connect with people on different platforms. I also have a Substack email newsletter. All right. It's Carrie Sheffield. Again, you can follow her at Carrie Sheffield on Twitter and um, look out for her book, uh, Motorhome Prophecies. Uh, I'll have you on before the book launches, Carrie, so we can uh, push it then again. Hey, I appreciate that, Rob. Take Th care. God bless. Thanks for joining us. God bless. It's uh, 536 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute.
Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 41 degrees outside. It's uh, coming up on 359. Let me get to the phones. We have Joe from Trips Park on China and Taiwan. Joe, how's things going in West Granton there? Uh, honestly, like I said, I feel safe as could be. I mean, these guys are out here. They're on every of the gas stations and shops. And, I mean, it's just, it's, it's honestly, it's as safe as it could possibly be thanks to them. All right. By any chance, did you hear any of the gunfire this morning in your area? I sleep like a baby. Okay. <laughs> so, no, I didn't, you know. Well, that's no, a good I thing. Didn't. Good thing you, you and your kids didn't have to, to, to hear that or see it. And it's good to hear that the, the, the men and women of the Scranton Police Department and multiple police, the, the state police and everyone else is up there uh, making you feel secure and safe in your home. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're not worried a bit. We're going to just do our regular routine tonight, and that's all. Sounds good. So you want to talk about China and Taiwan? Yeah. Um, just uh, the situation with China, I mean, it's only going to get worse. That's what pretty much every expert is saying financially. Um, will they invade Taiwan for resources? No, because China imports most of its food and about 80% of its energy. If you put the sanctions on China that you put on Russia, they're going to have a famine in five years. A country that imports all of its goods can't have sanctions put on them point blank period um so they can't afford to invade taiwan for any resources now i do fear what people do when their back is against the wall and as that empire begins to crumble as the protests begin to get crazy i feel like they may do it just to control the narrative and not you know and not show face for basically a big failure yeah and i think that's even scarier no, no doubt, no doubt, because there's really no no cause for their reason, just enough to, to distraction. Exactly, and I feel like if they do it, it would be for that alone, because there's no pump in the brakes. Their entire economy was built on cheap labor. They no longer have the manpower to provide that cheap labor. Com uh, countries like Mexico and other, you know, other countries in Southeast Asia are going to take over that reign now, and there's nothing China could do because they are an exporter of nothing. Yeah, they'll flex. They they'll flex their muscle. They have nothing. They'll flex yeah, their muscle yeah. and then back off, to, knowing that the the world will appease them if they're looking to back off. We'll give them that out after they flex their muscle. That that's my concern as well, Joe. Absolutely, and that's you know hopefully, I mean it's just it, it, it declines and escalates as best as it could, and we don't have to hear yet another war. But I mean, in ten years from now, I don't see China being anywhere near what it is, unfortunately. But again, with that one-child policy and a place that can't really have its own energy and have its own food. What else could you really expect? Great perspective. Joe, thanks for the call and checking in. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. It's uh, 542 here at WIK. Time for traffic and weather. And thanks, Rob. This Pentella Data Internet traffic update. We have a minor accident, 81 southbound, just after the Pittston exit. It doesn't seem to be causing any major issues at the moment, but things may be slowing up a bit. That happened with just uh, in the past few minutes. A little bit of heavy traffic heading uh, into the back mountain on North Memorial Highway. And we are looking at um, some heavy traffic on Commerce Boulevard in Dixon City. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. You're welcome. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, clearing skies, lows near freezing. Friday, partly cloudy. Temperatures into the low mid-40s.
Brief rain and snow mix starts from about 6 to 9 and turning to all rain into the night. Saturday rain ends by daybreak to partial clearing. Breezy conditions with temperatures falling from 40s early to 30s through the afternoon with a few flurries and a chilly west wind. Sunday mix of clouds with sun breezy in the highs and 20s to near freezing along with a few flurries. It's currently 41 degrees and mostly cloudy here at 543, your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. 41 degrees and cloudy here at 547. Um, speaking of law enforcement issues, I had one of these stories set up for today, but you know, more important things took precedent. But the California governor is calling for legislation to crack down on theft. So it appears that their soft on criminal policies out in California aren't working out well for them. So they're looking to increase the penalties for people who commit theft. You know, the stealing stuff out of stores that's been going rampant there and they're going to pile them on on top of each other if you're a repeat offender they're going to continue that tally up for each offense you have till it rises a felony and i just saw uh, a couple minutes ago new york city mayor adams reverses nypd budget cuts planned due to city spiraling migrant crisis Uh, so they were going to cut every department in new york city by a total of 15 percent in increments of five percent they've already cut 10%, 10%, the additional 5% was supposed to come, or actually the the the, 10, the the additional 5% was supposed to come this month to equal 10%, and then another 5% in March, I believe. It says the NYPD is going to be immune from that because obviously, again, public safety is a priority. So just two issues to kind of tack on to what's happening uh, as far as crime goes. And uh, you know, it's interesting. I, I did a couple of media interviews this week on different outlets. And uh, New York City especially is, crowded, uh, is, is touting how crime is down from last year to this year. But when you go out to two years, crime in all major violent aspects are up 20%. If you go out two years, it's up uh, more than that. If you go out to pre-pandemic levels... 2019, crime is up 30% in almost every major category. If you go out 13 years compared to 2023, crime is up about 25%. So yes, a a one-year reduction is a good direction, but it doesn't mean crime is down. And this is at a time in other major cities like Washington, D.C., we're seeing crime at an all-time high. Uh, So I think we learned firsthand how public safety is a priority and how the men and women who choose to do that job take that job very seriously. They should be given the benefit of the doubt. They should be held accountable when they do something wrong, absolutely. But they should be given the benefit of the doubt. They should be given the tools and the support. You had known shots fired in the West Scranton area this morning, both at the 400 block of Harrison Avenue and the 300 block of Prospect Avenue. Somewhere around 4 o'clock, police were there searching for violent criminals shooting at things. 
and were willing to confront them. Now, be it whoever these individuals were being police officers, be it a new father, be it a husband, a wife, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a child, they were willing to put their safety at risk for the families of Scranton. You really need to let that soak in. And and this is not just that. I mean, we have our fire services out there willing to run into a building to save anyone and risk their lives. We have our military who does it day in and day out. We have our medical professionals who are risking who knows what diseases and and who they're dealing with as far as mental issues. Uh, It goes on all around us. But it takes a special type of person to know there's deadly danger in an area, and I'm going to seek it out. And I'm going to put myself between that deadly danger and the people I swore to protect, regardless of my personal life, regardless of what responsibilities I have as a man or a woman or as a person. It takes a special person to do that, and I hope everyone, when they go to bed tonight, realize that those men and women are out there. When you see them, thank them. Talk to them. Ask them their name. Get to know them. Introduce yourself. Say, hey, I'm John. I have two kids who live in this community. Thank you for what you do. Yeah, they're paid to do that. We're paid to do a lot of things. But I guarantee you, wherever you work, if they told you there was a deadly aspect in the next room, you wouldn't go walking in. If there was a risk to your life, you'd maybe walk the other way or not go in that day. Well, they don't have that opportunity. They do it every day. And we owe it to our men and women in law enforcement whose sole job is to put themselves between you and the danger and to return home to their families. And hopefully the officer in uh, Geisinger Community Medical Center can soon be home with his family. Laying next to his wife, his child, whoever might be home, sitting next to his mom and dad. But just realize that the right now, right now there's hundreds of them in Northeast Pennsylvania right now looking for known violent armed criminals that have already shot a cop. Nothing to lose. And they're out there hunting them down right now. Because who knows if tomorrow morning they're going to be shooting up your block. Or maybe you walking down the street in the crossfire when they're looking at someone else that they want to take out. Your kid's going to school. Your school bus is driving by and they think, hey, you know, today's thing is we're going to shoot up a school bus. But our law enforcement is out there right now hunting them down. Looking for them. Looking to take those threats out. And hopefully our justice system does the right thing. I've been critical of it. Thankfully, I've seen in situations like this where it shouldn't get to this, they do the right thing. 
We should start holding them accountable to do the right thing when these criminals are doing other things, when they're doing graffiti, gang graffiti. Let's start taking that a little more seriously. Let's nip that in the bud by being as harsh as we can for it, not excuse it. Just got a text message in that the Scranton School District will be doing a flexible instruction day on Friday, and all weekend events are suspended. Flexible uh, instruction day is basically remote learning, I believe. Being precautious. Everything I've heard is there's no threat. There's plenty of law enforcement around. You heard Joe from Trips Park saying he lives right in that area. Was scared, but has been reassured by the police presence. Make no mistake, they're out there. They're going to be out there until these individuals are hunted down. And to make sure this doesn't happen again. This just doesn't end when they catch these individuals. There's work to be done here in Northeast Pennsylvania. There's work to be done to combat gang violence. Let's roll up the sleeves and do the work. It takes a community, takes law enforcement, takes our legislators, takes our policy, takes our leaders. If you see something, say something. It may sound corny, but it's not. You hear gunfire at night, call that in. Say, hey, I, I just heard a couple of pops. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, but you know, I just wanted to call it in and let you know. But when you put your pill- head on the pillow tonight, know there's men and women out there right now, right then, that are risking everything to take that bad person off the street that may harm you or your loved one. It's 5.56 here at WILK. We'll be back to close out the Rob O'Donnell Show. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show on this Thursday, January 11th, 2024. 41 degrees and cloudy outside at uh, 5.59, counting down to the 6 o'clock hour. If you're traveling, commuting near through the... The Scranton area, West, West Scranton specifically, uh, be patient with law enforcement. They're going to be out there in force. They're going to be taking proactive policing. They're going to be aggressive in that policing. They're going to be enforcing all sorts of infractions or laws to get uh, information, if possible. So give them a little uh, leeway for that because we want these threats taken off the street. It's been a long day. God bless, be safe, and God bless our men and women in blue. It's uh, just coming up on 6 o'clock here on the Rob O'Donnell Show. We'll do it again tomorrow.